everybody. We're live on the telly. <laughs> We're live on the telly. Yeah, yeah. I'm Champ Champenstein. I'm Heather. <laughs> Clearly we're, we we don't sing. Yeah, and we won't do that to you. But welcome to Talk Comics to Me. It's Wednesday. The yeah. best day of the week, I guess. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's um February, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me, 25th? 26th. 26th. It's 26th. It is the 26th. Boom! Close enough. Okay, February 26th. And we've got a few comics to talk about, so we are going to begin. Here we go. You first. Oh, Remember, me first? Ah. <laughs> so first I have uh, Death or Glory. This is issue number nine. I can't remember if this is going to be 10 or 11 issues. I'd almost assume 10. So it's wrapping itself up and it's just, I cried. I think I am a little emotional right now because of life. So that doesn't help me. But it it got me a little bit in the feels. I, I made... I read the little bit that made me cry to Heather, and it's just basically about, you know, the people that help raise you and the things they sacrifice for you, regardless of them being your actual family or not. And I, I don't know, we just also recently had this conversation, so to me, it just, like, hit home in a really nice way and also just, like, a heartbreaking way, and I don't know, I feel like this comic is going to ruin my feelings in the end. Oh, yeah. You're really good at picking those ones. Well, and it's, it's uh, Rick Remender, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I asked for it. Yeah, but you knew you were going to yeah, get that. Yeah, and that's one of my favorite things about Remender is he's just really good at writing, I guess, somewhat realistic in that way. You know, not everything is this, like, hard and punishing in life, as some of his books are, but, like, bad things do happen, and I think that's something that is important to, like, keep a hold of. So then <laughs> I have Sex Criminals. This is issue number 27. <clears throat> Heather got the naughty cover. So Heather got the naughty co- cover for a reason, which was? Um, I went to high school with the person that drew this cover. Um, their name is Odd. I've been saying Co. It's Cook. It's Odd Cook. And I remember this because my theater teacher's name was Patsy Co. John, spelled the exact same way. So I assume that's how it was spelled. Um, but the person who drew this, I'm friends in, well, I was friends in high school with their older sister, and she said it's Cook. So, Odd Cook did this <laughs> cover. Sorry, it was a whole thing. Um, that's why I got it. And then this is just wrapping up all of Sex Criminals. <laughs> and this issue kind of, I don't know, I don't really want to go back and read the last issues. So this kind of helped me fill in fill in the blanks of what had happened in the okay. last story arc where I couldn't quite remember. So that helps. Honestly, it's not like anybody can really jump in at this point. But I, one of my favorite parts of Sex Criminals is uh, John and Susie, like the main two characters, is their relationship just because it feels, it feels really authentic and real. And I don't know, it's even with their like breakups and ups and downs, it's just, it's re- relatable even to the extremes of it. I like so. when books can portray relationships realistically. Yeah, and it's interesting because, you know, you, like, see those aspects within people. Yeah, I just, there's something really uh, great about this book, even if, like, I've had its points where it's not my favorite thing at its core. It's just, like, a really good read. The art is really good. And, you know, sometimes there's, like, butt jokes and stuff, so that's... We love butt jokes. And we love butt jokes. They're so good. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> you ready, dog? Um, oh, I got mine. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Okay. See, so, I went to, we were out of order, I know, and now we, I forgot. We out of order, sorry. 
Okay, so I have this uh, one shot. It's called Monstrous Baba Yaga. Apparently, there's a whole series of like monstrous comics, but each one is like a different monster. <clears throat> that makes sense. Uh, I didn't know that. I just wanted this because I love Baba Yaga. I love the story of Baba Yaga and shit. And this one is so silly, it's insane. Yeah. But uh, it's just about Baba Yaga getting her uh, cat killed, which is, you know, a witch is familiar as whatever animal. Hers happens to be a black cat, which is... Okay. <laughs> Don't do anything different then. Um, so, yeah, a group of three witches go into her chicken leg hut because they want to steal her power. Um, so they kill her cat, steal her power, and then she's kind of left, like, dying, but not dead because she's fucking Baba Yaga. She can't die. Yeah. Um, so she comes across this, like, inventor who, like, helps her and, like, brings her back to life, essentially, and, like, gives her these tools that she's been working on, like, weapons and saying, like, well, all right, well, the witches' conventions in town, like, literally, that's a, a, a thing that happens. It's a witches' convention. I love going to the witch convention. Yeah. And it's, like, it's super silly, like I said, because it just has, like, every weird witch that you could imagine like like medusa's in here even though medusa isn't even a witch i get why they did it but come on let's be accurate here um maleficent is in it just yeah it's just really silly um so she goes to this witch's convention and uses all the weapons that the inventor gave her and gets her fucking revenge all right cool. it's yeah it's i love this kind of stuff um i think that's the only monstrous one i'm gonna get though because none of the other ones seem interesting okay 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 Ready? Yes. So we both have this brand new comic called Tomorrow. Um, it's about the end of the world. Yeah. Um, but told from the point of view of a boy who... Was I right when I had said that? Hmm. He's a bit on the... Yeah, I mean, he's... It says it like right, right within the first page. He's a neuroatypical. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yes. Um, so... He has a twin sister. Um, he's trying to get into this school. He's a cellist. He loves classical music, like all that kind of stuff. He's really good at it. Um, so he's going to a, what is it called? An audition. An audition, yeah. Um, an audition to try to get into this fancy school or whatever. Um, and his twin sister ends up staying at home. Some shit happens. The end of the world. Um, just a virus. Yeah, a virus. taking over. But it's taking over. Yeah, but it's like killing... At this point, it seems like it's only killing the adults. Yeah, and it seems to be killing adults basically instantly. No warning, and they're just dying or dead. Right. Um, it kind of, it tells his story. He's the main, like, overarching story is, like, what happens to him. But there's also this really cool thing where they do, like, four different people. They're mm-hmm. telling their stories. So, obviously, they're going to all meet up at, like, some point. Oh, yeah. Something's yeah. going to happen with them. But I thought that was interesting because it... It flows it, really well. You can't yeah. really tell necessarily. It read like a movie. Yeah, that's a good way to yeah. describe it. It's only five issues. I know that some post-apocalyptic stuff has just been like overly done. And some of the ideas of inside of this book, uh, story-wise, have been done. But I think it's done in a really like interesting and well-told way where you're not, not distracted by the story or not feeling like it's unoriginal by any means yeah i really i love the characters that they chose for this because it's people that you don't normally see in like those types of movies Mm -hmm. and i I really do i don't know they did a really good job of introducing the characters and kind of having them grab you in too Mm -hmm. all right okay i'll go you go and then i go then you (laughs) and then i have far sector this is issue number four 
And the last issue, part of this planet is revolting because they want to be able to feel their emotions. And the police force basically shoots and kills a bunch of the protesters because they won't stop protesting. And the lantern needs to stop them, tries to stop them. And it's a whole whole thing, a whole talk. But in the end, you kind of learn that this woman's husband had died and she can't feel any of the emotions of having that happen. Does she want to? Is that, yeah, is that her and issue? Yeah, okay. and she wants to. She wants to be able to grieve. And that really hits, I don't know, it's an interesting idea that I really, like, enjoyed. But basically this government, decide, like, they've been like, we've been doing this for years on years and years. Basically, once the people rise up and revolt, murder a bunch of them, and then peace survives and everybody goes back to, like, taking their emotion drugs. Right. Or, like, being, you know, emotionless and not caring. So it's just like. Because they know what happens. Yeah. And it's just been a cycle and I don't know why I'm blanking on the main character's name right now. It's really making me mad. Sorry. Uh, I'm. A, yeah, you've infected my brain. Uh, but the council, like the high council of this planet, is asking her what they should do. And she's telling them not to kill their people. And they're like, well, this has worked. And she's like, but how do we stop this? And she's like, obviously this has not worked. Stop murdering your people. Yeah. And I don't know. You know. Are you, are you enjoying it still? I know you really like that first issue. Yeah, no, I really, really like it. There's just, the art is really good. The story is really interesting. And I think it just, I don't know, it balances itself really well where you're, lear- you're, you're also learning about the main character because she's never existed, you know, within this universe before. Right. She's also different than other Green Lanterns with, something else going on there it's yeah it's really good i like it a lot okay cool and then i have batman curse of the white knight this is issue number seven there is only one more issue of this basically bruce wayne has found out he is not a wayne there's a lot going on here he decides to unmask himself and go after the main bad guy who's in this right now, Azriel. Like, unmask himself publicly? Yeah. So he yeah. pulls a Tony Stark? He pulls a Tony Stark. Like, in front of TV and stuff? Yeah. Okay. He actually cuts into a news feed of the police just being like, hey, keep a look out for this dude. And he's just like, hey, I'm Batman. <laughs> By the way. I'm Batman, and uh, I've learned about corruption, so I'm Bruce Wayne now. I just learned about I, corruption. I, I just own, learned about it. I own this huge corporation, and can you believe it? Bad people are a part of it. Oh, Bruce. <laughs> just can you fucking believe it? Uh, I'm done now. Okay, I'm going to talk. Um, I have Black Stars Above. This is issue number four. Um, Eulali makes it to the town that isn't named after going through a bunch of, you know, trials and errors in this, um... This is the one with the weird baby squid thing? Yeah. So, yeah, the baby squid is leading her to this town. Okay. Um, she, like, climbs a ladder to the Black Star. That looks like a butthole. I know, it really does. Look at her climbing into it. <laughs> um, that looks like a straight-up butthole. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> but, you know, after uh, climbing through the butthole, she makes it to the town that she has been trying to get to the entire time. Um, but she realizes it's it's not exactly what it's supposed to be um, because she climbed through this portal, essentially, into the world beyond the Black Star. But that is what the little squid thing was trying to get her to do. And when she gets there, everyone's like, oh, you're finally here. Like, we've been waiting for you. And she thinks they're talking about the squid, but they're talking about her. Is that the last issue? I think there's one more. Okay. Uh, I'm not quite sure because they they could end it here and it would still be like it would be really good yeah but um i mean it kind of feels like an ending it does it does but it also just feels like there's something else going Going on on. yeah Yeah. one more piece of the puzzle right because she isn't exactly welcomed in the town she just like collapses so i don't know i there might be there might be another one i this is one i didn't really look at yeah i I just enjoyed it but yeah uh black stars about there you go Sorry, I had to burp too much cold brew today. It's okay. So, so we'll talk about this? Yeah. Okay. Well, you, you talk about it, right? Um, okay, so we've got The Last God. This is issue number five. Yeah, number ah. five. Um, in this issue, you kind of learn the origins of their god system. You figure out who Mol'Oltep is, who in the beginning of this series is the god that kind of destroys everything. He's the reason why they're on this quest. Um and they figure out how to access the black stairs. Yes. Yes. Um, there is some. Um, I believe so. That that's what I I thought was happening, but there was a lot that happened in this issue. Um, yeah, but it really there, was. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, betrayal and backstabbing in this. Um, but yeah, there's a person named Skull who is like a human alkalite of the guild that they're talking to here, um, and they, she. Yeah, she. I don't know. Because they call her a little girl. Okay, okay. Um, But yeah, she takes them there uh, to show them the room of all the artifacts and stuff. Um, And the doors to the vault with what they need in it can only be opened with the blood of an Itivan? I... Alvin. I would say... Alvin, yes, and Vico, who is the the woman who has been there from the very beginning. She's like the mage person that they have. She's one of the only people who has that kind of blood. Her yeah. and her son, who are there, so she's not okay with that. Um, well, she'll full full though. Yeah. Oh, that. Um, but yeah, this this book is really good, but it is kind of confusing because there is so much information. And I think it's also just like lots of fantasy. Like their there's their names are a lot. Yeah. Um, and thankfully, with this, um, in the next few months, there's going to be a book of it's a source book for the Last God. So yeah, that hopefully will be very helpful. I would suggest if you want to read this, wait for that to come out first, and then that way, like as you're reading it, you can reference the source yeah. book and get the information you need from it because. It is difficult. Yeah, and I think the other, like, difficult but cool part of this is that it flashes back and forth 30 years. So there there is a little, like, marker for that. But if you miss it, sometimes you're just... Right. You just kind of head into the next little, like, 30 years and you're just like, oh, f- oh, oh shit, time mm-hmm. has changed. Yeah, because sometimes it'll say 30 years previously or mm-hmm. 30 years later, but sometimes it won't. Yeah, so. it just has little symbols. Yeah. So, yeah, just, just you know, that's another part of it. But it is really good and it is really interesting. Just a lot of 
just really dense, like some fantasy can be. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's True. my turn? Yes. Okay, then we're one and one. Woo! I hate myself. <laughs> All right, this is Finger Guns. This is issue number one. It's only appropriate with as often as I do Finger Guns. I, I know. I do it a shockingly amount. It's funny because I was thinking about all the photos I have where I'm just doing Finger Guns. And it's just like, why? Why do I do this? I'll do it. I swear I'll do it. We're, we're pointing guns at Megatron. Finger Guns, not actual guns. I would never kill my dog. I'm going to get back to okay, this. Yeah. <laughs> weird and dark just like everything in my life yeah so finger guns issue number one deals with two kids who find out they have the ability to change people's emotions with their finger guns (laughs) like legitimately can i see it yeah because i never got to flip through it yesterday so it starts out with a boy who He's, I can't, I think at the mall and there's an interaction happening and he ends up like shooting his double finger, like two fingers out to, to this dude and he ends up getting really angry and upset. And so then he just goes about shooting people with his double finger guns and getting them really mad. And he runs into a girl in the parking lot after making a dude mad who can do the opposite and make the person really happy and that's just with one finger. So then they kind of interact with each other and talk about their powers. And you are a little more introduced to the characters and what's going on in their lives, potentially. So it was really, it was good. I thought the writing kind of at first was a little bit weak. It did kind of develop itself into the issue. And I think, I don't know, figured itself out a little bit better. It looks really cute yeah it is very very cute that is one thing i will say and i the art was really great i'm really i will probably at least pick up the next issue just to kind of see what happens because they did do a good job of introducing that and i would like to know is there like more emotions that they can control with these finger guns and are there more people who can do these sorts of things and you know all the questions all the burning questions so many questions. Okay. My turn? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I have issue number one of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, I'm not going to lie. The only reason I wanted to get this was because there's a page that they showed where Bucky is on his motorcycle holding a cat in his jacket. And I thought it was super cute. That it is, is really cute. It's though. even fucking cuter. Um, Bucky's just chilling at home and a bunch of people bust in and like try to kill him. Um, when he runs into Sam later, he says... Oh, God, where is it? Because it's really fucking funny. Uh, He explains, like, the situation to Sam, like, hey, you know, someone broke into my house. Oh, he says, yesterday a bunch of bad guys turned up at my house and tried to kill my cat and me along with her. (laughs) So he's upset that they tried to kill her cat. Yeah. Yeah. So the entire issue, he's just carrying around this cat with him and she's just, like, crawling along his shoulders and, like, in his jacket. It's super cute. But basically, uh, they find out that there's, like, a system in the government, I guess, that's, like, going rogue and killing a bunch of people. Um, So they're trying to find this woman who somehow survived, or she didn't show up at the office where there's, like, a huge massacre and stuff. So they Mm -hmm. go to find her to, like, try to figure out, like, well, what happened? Like, why are all these people dead? And some weirdo fucking kid shows up, and he's like, I killed him. And then he fights with them, like, it's insane. He's like eight years old and he's like fighting with them. And he's like, I don't want to kill you because you guys are my heroes. 
Maybe I'll let you live, and then you can come try to find me later. Hydra set this up. It's crazy. Um, but, the I mean, the art is really, really good for it. I really enjoy that. Um, and I do enjoy seeing Bucky and Sam, like, work together because they don't necessarily like each other, and they have to protect each other, mm-hmm. and it's really fucking funny. Uh, that's the kid. All right. Yeah. The fight was really weird because... They were, like, getting their asses kicked by this little kid, and he's like, really? I thought you guys would be way stronger than this. You were both Captain America's. <laughs> I think it's going to be a really fun series, because it's only, like, four issues, I Yeah, think, that sounds so. like it'll be a good time. Yeah. All right, you ready? Yes. So next we have Folklords issue number four. I believe there's only one more issue, then. Yeah, that's what it seemed like. And this is kind of just trying to tie all of the pieces together. You get a little more uh, in-depth look into... The man, the guy you met last issue, I suppose. I'm pretty sure it was just last issue, mm-hmm. and what his child, like childhood, was like, and how he came to do the things he wanted to do. And basically, he's just really ugly, Sal. So Sal. So his quest is to, well, he decided was to get a true love's kiss or just a kiss to change him into somebody who is cute, which is also gotten him into fights and then after that he realized that his quest quests are kind of worthless and just do whatever you want yeah just do whatever you want and just goes and is a badass Mm -hmm. um and him and ansel work together for ansel's quest because it's almost like you know like i can do whatever i want yeah so yeah i'll help you okay sure so uh, Ansel and Sal end up finding the librarians, which was Ansel's whole goal. So it's them going through different stories. Yeah, different different stories. It was I really liked the end of that issue and how I did that. But, yeah, there is like a little um, a twist, not really a twist because mm-hmm. you kind of knew that that's what was happening throughout the story. But there is a slight twist at the end that is very confusing, and I can't wait to have it all cleared up. Yeah. <laughs> I really, the series is really great. Once again, art, great story, a lot of fun. And especially for five issues, it's just like a really good time. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I really like it. So pick it up and trade. All right, I'm next again. So I have Invisible Kingdom. This is issue number 10. This is the end of the second story arc. And I just, I, I didn't really like the story arc very much. And I think maybe just because it dealt with, like, sorry, I didn't mean to touch you. No, that was me. I was, like, reaching my foot <laughs> towards you. Uh, dealing a lot with that, the relationship between uh, Grix and, God, why am I? Seriously, I'm blinking. Vess. Vess, yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, dealing with their relationship and how Vess has, like, attached herself or, like, fallen in love with Grix. And it's just, I don't know, I just didn't really like it. It felt forced a little bit I guess is Mm -hmm. the only way to describe it but it was interesting still I I will finish it up since there is only one more story arc and I've made it this far anyway it's not bad yeah and it doesn't start till June so I've got time yeah plenty of time okay my turn okay so I have um George R.R. Martin (laughs) uh this is a clash of kings this is part two of the series the clash of kings uh issue number two um, this mostly just focuses on... Part 2-2. Two, two. Yeah, part 2-2. Two, two. Um, it's, uh, Arya Harrenhal. 
Okay. Um, so that's that part of the story. And again, it's just like a comic version of the book of the TV show. So <laughs> if you've done one, you've done them all. <laughs> I just really miss Game of Thrones. So same. All right. And now we have so all, of, all of the X-Men books. So I will, I guess Heather read three of these and then I read one on my own and I also bought two of them that she didn't get. Because she's not a true X-Men fan. Look, if you ain't got Nightcrawler, Gambit, or Rogue, or the the Gene Scott Logan sandwich, then I'm not into it. (laughs) So first I'll start with Giant Size X-Men, Jean Grey, and Emma Frost. This was easily one of the most beautiful comic issues I have ever laid eyes on in my entire life. I feel like that seems like an exaggeration, but I'm no, I am not kidding you. I 100% agree. And holy shit, I don't know how I didn't notice that way earlier. I didn't notice it either. That's that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. I've only looked at this cover countless times and have never focused in on that. Regardless, in this issue, you don't have any words. You find out something is wrong with Storm, and Jean and Emma enter her mind to try to figure out what is going on. Like, I thought Matt Wilson's colors were amazing and impeccable and white trees, but this holds nothing. I know. He's like, this is just like, I wish the colors he made in fake life existed in real life. Like, I could see them all the time all around me because they're just uh, it's something to take yeah it's something to take in even though this is on paper it just felt like it came out and it the art and the colors I think help just do such a good job of showing what was happening in the issue without any words yeah I would uh definitely suggest picking it up I'm kind of mad that I didn't yeah I think you're a fool if you don't I don't I was kind of upset at you like why wouldn't you do this but I also get it yeah I just had too much stuff yeah no and I 100% understand and I think this would would have been one I would have passed on if not for Russell Donnerman right and that's really what sold the book to me so and honestly like I should have known because they did a lot of War of the Realm stuff together Mm -hmm. and I loved that so sorry (laughs) that was my bad but yeah, this is one to pick up. Even if you aren't even reading any X-Men, I suppose the one thing you might want is a little translation card because there is a lot of the Krakoan language in here that you will need to translate or if you choose to translate. But otherwise, don't really need to have any story background to just yeah. like flip through it and look at it because it's... If you're familiar with the characters, then that's all you really need. It's real pretty. Yeah. Uh, and then next we have... X-Men Fantastic Four. I had a double chip week. All I gotta say is, like, if the Fantastic Four came at me for some bullshit, I'd be pissed. I just don't understand, like, I just feel feel like everybody needs to calm the fuck down. And I understand, like, your child's at stake here, but also you've been kind of a shithead and just going, like, full board and attacking the X-Men I don't know. There's just been like a lot of people are like, well, they were being aggressive. And I just, I don't feel like they were being aggressive. I feel like they're just like posing. They were being intimidating. Yeah. That was it. They weren't being aggressive. I, this is the only time that I will ever say this. I agree with what Scott wanted to do. I thought he was very reasonable in that. (laughs) Like, all right, well, we need to 
figure out a, a gentle way to take care of this because the fuck, guys? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, it's, uh, I suppose I'm not a parent, so I don't understand. Hell no. But I, from what all my friends as parents tell me, they would be stoked if their kid was gone. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like you've, you've fucked up your son's life a little bit, in my opinion. And is it really that hard to believe that they would run away from you? Because I don't think it would be. I think if I found that, if I was Franklin Richards in this scenario and found that out, I would be like, fuck you. I'm going to go do what I want. I don't even give a shit about you anymore. You're dead to me. Right. And there were so many ways that they all could handle it too. But like, if I was him, I would have been like, I'll contact you when I'm ready. Until then, leave me alone. Yeah. So I suppose the downfall is that, but doom. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Doom Island. (laughs) Uh, While Franklin Richards has, uh, we went off on the wrong direction. Yeah, I didn't even, like, tell about the story at all. (laughs) We told a little bit. Yeah. So Franklin Richards has run off with the Marauders, and then they have been picked up by Doom. And take into Doom Island, insert. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 Doom. Doom. They have uh, very good <laughs> conversations with uh, Uncle Doom. Yeah, it's uh, it's good. I, I really do like this book, even though it sometimes makes me oddly angry at the same time. Yeah, I, I cannot abide by the Fantastic Four. <laughs> yeah, they're really fucking with me right yeah. now. The Richards family can eat one. <laughs> Because they're rich, right? That is. Yeah, that's... They're, they're entitled. <laughs> they're bratty. Uh, uh, on that note, I'm just going to talk about New Mutants real fast. It's probably a good idea. This is New Mutants. This is issue number eight. I go back and forth on liking this book. Because I didn't really like this issue that much. But then there was, like, the one story arc with Beak. And I liked the ending of that a little bit. I don't know. There's just... It does, like, I do like the fact that it is two different writers and two different stories, but at the same time, I think it kind of... It takes away from, you know, the power of one. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That is the best way to phrase that. I know how that goes. So it's like, I like it, but it can also be the downfall. So That's how uh, Avengers is going right now, because there's two writers on that, uh, Jason Aaron and... I don't know. <laughs> I was like, are you? I don't remember who else. <laughs> who is that? I can't remember. Hi, I Patrick. I don't have it in front of me, so I, I can't tell you. But there, are, there's two writers on that right now. And are there two different stories going on too? Or no, it's. But I feel like there should be because that's weird like as that is. Yeah, like that's kind of I think the problem with this is just that it is. Like, it's two different writers, and it's two completely different stories. Oh, okay. So yeah, like, that's even more confusing. I feel like I like the pacing, but I also feel like a little bit of it does deter from that. Like the, right. It does kind of hurt. Okay. Those are my well, words. There's There was words spoken, said. <laughs> spoken word. Spoken word. <laughs> this is spoken word now. <laughs> okay, so next we have um, X-Men. This is issue seven. Um... Lots of X-Men today. I've been, I've been waiting, <laughs> waiting 
for an issue like this uh, since House and Powers. <laughs> Out of all the X-Men books, I just wanted, like, just, you know, like, a conversation with Kurt. Just, like, anything. More than just, like, oh, there he is. There, he's in that panel. And this, I mean, he does make a really great appearance in House and Powers where him and Logan have that scene together. Yes, yes. But, I mean, like, that's what I've been waiting for, like, since then. Like, oh, okay. I, I just, with the Dawn of X or whatever, there's been, like, no Nightcrawler. Yes, I, yes, and I. And <laughs> I know your love of Nightcrawler, yes. Yes, so this issue has a lot of him. Um, it, it's it's really, really good. Um, that He has this really good conversation with Scott about his beliefs and whether or not, you know, the mutants are doing the right thing and just all these questions that they have. Because of an event that is taking place. Yes. I don't want to give away too much because I feel like if you haven't read it yet. Yeah, it, it I think really I think the important well. thing is it's called The Crucible. Yeah. And there is it, it is a very questionable sort of act. Uh, it's basically the mutants trying to decide how to basically resurrect mutants that had to deal with uh, the fall, the fallout of like House of House of M mm-hmm. or the M days, and when Scarlet Witch said no more mutants and took away certain millions of mutants' powers, and so they're dealing with the idea that these mutants can be on Krakoa, but they're also still human, and they also feel like they're not whole. So they're trying to figure out how to deal with that because they won't resurrect mutants who are already alive, so they have to die. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a whole question of faith, and, you know, Nightcrawler's got a lot of that. And I think, like, morality and yeah. just, I don't know, there's, it does bring a lot, like, this issue was really great because I do think it does bring a lot of questions into the forefront of just what are they truly doing and what is their end goal here? And stop. <laughs> okay, Sorry. <laughs> Um, yeah, and you know, like, if they, if they do have that ability, not necessarily if it's, like, right or wrong, but, like, why should they have that ability to do that? Mm -hmm. And, you know, playing God and, like, all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff, which, I don't know, I just, I really, I really, really enjoyed this issue. Um, I thought it did bring a lot of questions about, because, you know, when we're, when we're reading a story about a certain group of people, we always assume that, you know, like, oh, so we're reading the story from the good guy's point of view. Mm -hmm. You never take any of that other stuff into consideration until like they're brought up and it's like well okay maybe they're not exactly good people but they think what they're doing is good for Mm -hmm. themselves Mm -hmm. and I just think it's really interesting to get that part of the story and to have them question themselves over it yeah yeah and I actually have one more book because I read X-Force Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Okay. Uh, I don't remember what issue that is. Eight? Um, Seven. It was seven. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's number seven. Let's, I'm going to... Because I feel like these were coming out on the same weeks. Well, it's New Mutants 8. Okay, yeah, eight then. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, So, anyway, I read X-Force issue number eight, which deals basically all with Domino and uh, Colossus going on a mission what you find out is this underground group has stolen Domino's DNA. See, that's why I want Sorry, him up here. Sorry, you can hear him gone. Yeah, that's why I couldn't. I didn't want him up here. <laughs> Megatron is up here, so that's why you heard many gross noises earlier. Yeah, sorry. Uh, 
I just heard that last one. I didn't hear any of the other ones. <laughs> uh, anyway, you find out the underground group that has been kind of sending assassins after the X-Men who killed Xavier in the first issue of X-Force. And they stole Domino's luck and basically made a bunch of assassins that were Domino and interwove their DNA within them. Okay. Interesting. It, yeah. It's really cool. Okay. It's really, really, really cool. I don't know. I liked it. Other people might not. It's totally chill. I'll decide when I get there. Yeah. Uh, honestly, the thing about the X-Books is I hate how many have been dumped on me all at once. But I do, and like, I basically enjoyed every single one of those books. Yeah, it's very frustrating because I also have a lot of them, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to take this one off, and then it gets really good. And then I'm like, well, I can't, I can't miss what's happening. Yeah. So then I keep it on. And, and that's, like, the nice thing about, like, the X-Men Fantastic Four is it's only four issues. Right. Like, you know. So we'll see. Anyway, that's Wednesday now. That's all we've got. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for coming. And uh, we'll, well, next Wednesday will be weird. I'm going to be in Austin, Texas. So we'll figure out a way to do maybe a tiny little live video for you. Yes. Um, if not, I will be here in this chair and I will pretend to also be champ. So that'll be the best. Yeah, that'll be. Uh, I've been working on my like improv and stuff. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Either way, you'll see us next week. Go buy comics. Go have a great week. We love you. Goodbye.